Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Wednesday night, September 2nd, episode 133. I'm your host, Jordan Pace. Join with me, as always, by my other co-host, Zach Henson. Zach, how you doing? Doing great, man. Ready for the draft. Yeah, this, this, uh, this time, what, 48 hours from now, at this very moment, Ryan Risher will probably be in line at the food table to get his, uh, his handful of Slim Jims, maybe <laughs> round two of the, uh, the Jeff Gaw ice cream. But it's, it's real, man. It's coming up pretty soon. I know. I, I said I'm, I'm ready for the draft. I'm not sure if I'm ready, but I'm excited about the draft. It's always fun. Yeah, and one thing, I mean, this has been, as everyone knows, this has been a just a bizarre year, 2020. Uh, just it, it seems like it's never ending with everything that's happened in the pandemic, of course, is, is it's, it's affected everything, especially sports when everything was canceled. I, if you would have told me three months ago that we would actually be drafting, I probably would have told you you were nuts. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's 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 here and you know, everything's everything's been different. Everything's changed this year. But one thing that's staying the same, Zach, is our annual mock draft with Kemp's crew himself, Mr. Jake. Stanifer, Jake, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're really excited. This, you know, we haven't had an episode, I don't think, in, until or since we had our uh, our pre-NFL draft episode because it just hasn't been a lot to talk about. It's been kind of slow, and like we said with the pandemic, it was, there was a lot of uncertainty. So uh, appreciate you coming on. And, and I, I, Jake, I think you were the biggest – uh, skeptic if this season would happen at all. Are you surprised that we're, we're 48 hours away from having a, an actual fantasy football draft? I am very surprised. So uh, probably about a week before a pre-draft meeting, um, you know, I, I was very skeptical about whether the season was even going to happen. And I was kind of wanting to push for just an online draft because it was going to be so fluky and there probably wasn't going to be a season anyway. But here we are. Uh, looks like everything's turned out and um, hope for the best. It's really amazing when you think about it, Zach, how the NFL is like, they're going to forge ahead. It's the one league that's just too big to fail. And it just feels like they were going to have this season regardless. Every other league shut down at some point in the NFL. It just seems like the NFL lucks out at every turn, you know, like the pandemic happened during their off season. Uh, everything's just kind of worked out in the NFL's favor, especially now with college football, with a lot of the leagues not playing uh, I, I don't know. It just seems like the NFL has has all the luck with this, and, and the league is just going to get bigger off of this season, and, and based on what the ratings probably will be. Yeah, uh, I, there's no off season for the NFL, and uh, the strangest thing to me was the uh, NFL draft. But I kind of liked it with uh, old Roger there in his uh, basement living room, whatever <laughs> that was. Um, so that was that was definitely unique. We will never forget that. But yeah, the NFL no off season. I don't know if anything can stop it from making news, but. I wanted to add, I'm really proud of Jake this year. Um, it seems that he has kind of gone back to the basics, um, studying up uh, with the book that he got. Jake, um, I'm, I'm just really, I'm proud of you for doing that. Can you kind of explain how you got the book? Oh, yeah. Um, I got a wonderful wedding present from yeah. a longtime friend. Uh, you know, got your typical wedding present gift of uh, some cutting some fancy cake cutters or whatever I don't even know what you call them and uh, along came a little book <laughs> talking about the fantasy football basics and uh, you know it was kind of funny but I actually kind of skimmed through it a little bit and it talked about trades yeah oh man that was so funny yeah <laughs> I didn't even know if uh, so if you guys missed it Jake posted a picture of of a of like a fantasy 101 book and uh we sarah and i got um jake something off their wedding registry and i wanted to see if you could add something to a wedding registry and sure enough you could so i uh i threw in this book and uh jake has really taken to it and i think he's ready for this season so i just kind of wish i was there when you when you got the book unfortunately uh, i know i would have laughed jake how how difficult has it been to plan a wedding during a pandemic i know it, it's it, it's october right is that still is it still taking place yeah, it's it's been kind of a mess. So we had actually planned to elope two weeks ago in St. Thomas. And 
five days before we left, they issued a travel restriction and we couldn't do that even. So mm. our wedding got canceled, our elopement got canceled. We're still going on with our October date. So uh, Lord willing, it'll happen. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, we, I think we said it uh, in, a, in a previous episode, congrats again. I know it's, it's been a, it's been a wild year, especially for big events. Like, you know, my wife and I, we got married last summer. So 2019, it's just like, we know so many friends that got married this year or we're planning on getting married this year and everything's just been pushed back, but it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the, uh, you know, the event. I mean, it takes away from the event, but the, the marriage and the love and everything, all that's, that's still intact. I'm, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping. Uh, hey, well, Jake, again, thanks for, for, thanks for joining us. Before we start with your, your annual mock draft, which we're really excited about, let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Zach, let's do a few. So this is the 16th year of CMB. I just, it's, it's amazing to me. Uh, it goes by so fast every year that the draft process and, and then the season, of course, when everything kind of hunkers down. But uh, 16th draft, this year a little bit different just because of the pandemic. Um, can you kind of give us, like, is anything different? Should we expect anything different about this year's draft? I know that the, the location has changed a few times, but it's uh, give us kind of a heads up on what to expect for Friday night. Um, yeah, I feel like it'll probably be mainly the same, uh, just that we're back in the gym, you know, where we can have some more room this year. Um, we'll probably space out the tables a little bit further than normal. Um, and so I guess it's just how far, far away you prefer to sit from uh, whoever you're sharing the table with, or if you don't want to share a table, we can, definitely get to your own you know stuff like that but uh we will not be using mics per table um it'll just be i'm not exactly sure where we're going to put angela but she'll be kind of close to the middle Mm -hmm. and uh just everybody speak up and you know hopefully it'll be as as normal as possible and like i put before with the food it'll be buffet style so uh, if you do not prefer do not want to eat buffet style than to pick up food before you come to the draft. I don't think I have as much an issue with the buffet style dining. I just probably won't like, I'll probably wait until the line clears out. Right. And just kind of go like when it's, when it's slowed yeah. instead of like everyone piling up, like we're used to, uh, yeah. there probably won't be an annual handshake between Rish and Jordan, but who knows, maybe they'll forge ahead. Maybe they could get some gloves or something, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know how you keep the six feet thing with, uh, I don't know. Jordan, Jordan's got a pretty uh, solid wingspan. So maybe his arms will stretch out, but <laughs> Uh, who knows? Yeah. So yeah. So six thirty doors open. Seven o'clock start for the annual, the sixteenth annual CMB Fantasy Football League draft yep. at the College Side uh, Gym. So everything's kind of staying intact. We're we're making this. The, the term "new normal" has become the new normal. That term, and it's still as annoying as it was at the beginning of the pandemic. So I think we're we're doing everything we can to keep this thing like like the way it's always been, and not too many changes. But I mean that gym. I mean, obviously it's indoors, so it's not perfect, but it, it's, it's as good as we can get as, as large as that gym is of keeping things kind of divided with the big screens and everything. So I, I think people should feel safe uh, for Friday night. Yeah, definitely. And a uh, special thanks to Rob Ray Allen for allowing us to potentially use his, uh, his gym. Um, but this, uh, this is the best case scenario for us. So we're not carrying or hauling around a bunch of chairs and tables. So right. should be good. All right, that is the draft announcement for Friday night. Like I said, 48 hours from now, I, as we're recording Wednesday night, it just it's, it's sneaking up on us, but it's here. I feel the least prepared for this year's draft, I think, that I ever have before. I don't know if, it's, if that tips off anything for Jake that helps out with his mock at all, knowing how unprepared I feel. But I, I just, I've not done as much physical prep work. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and I'm trying to, like, store all that in my memory bank. But it's, it's going to be tough for this year. It's going to be more, more of a challenge for me. Um, just with a lot of stuff that's, that's taken place, especially here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so let's talk about a few last-minute fantasy-relevant league news items. So, uh, Jake, you mentioned it as we were getting this, this, this whole thing rolling. Uh, Leonard Fournette was waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, Monday morning. And as of Wednesday night, he cleared waivers Tuesday. And then Wednesday night, uh, per Jake, so our, our, our NFL uh, beat reporter, Jake Standifer, uh, Leonard Fournette, Uncle Lenny, is signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the terms of the deal, I'm not sure. But, man, that offense in Tampa Bay is turning out to be, it, it, I, you know, not that last year's offense 
um, wasn't, I think they were probably top 15 in terms of, of production, but I mean, with everything they've added this year, and of course, Tom Brady, this, this offense, Jake, I think is just going to be so much more impressive with, with everything they have. Uh, what, what was your initial reaction, Jake, of, of Fournette signing with the Bucks? I thought it kind of made sense. thought the Bucks uh, last couple of years, they've really had a lot of trouble uh, with running backs. Uh, Ronald Jones, I don't think they're really sold on him. Uh, the fantasy community de- definitely wasn't. So uh, I don't know what all went, went behind the scenes on this. Maybe they had some money to spend, but uh, I think it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Zach, do you think that like wherever Tom Brady goes, like it was this way in New England, it's probably this way in Tampa now. Do you think Tom Brady is kind of the puppet master pulling the strings? Like, do you think he made the call to have Fournette join that offense? It would not surprise me, you know, if eventually we we found that out. But I bet this was kind of a shot at Bill Belichick or something like that. So they <laughs> yeah. they, they heard the rumors of the Patriots looking and and uh, came out of nowhere basically and took them. Yeah, Jake, I've heard the same about the Ronald Jones, uh, you know, just the lack of production, but also just, it just seems like he just was a reach. And when they drafted him, I think in the second round in 2017, and just hasn't really produced on the field since. And, you know, I, I, I what you're saying about the fantasy community being down on Jones, I think, uh, I think the Bucks probably are too. You know, they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt in the third round, I believe, and he already opted out for the season due to COVID. So, they were thin at running back as it was. And, I, you know, I, this team is going to be in uh, 11 personnel, you know, three wide receiver sets pretty much the entire year. Uh, that's just kind of the way Bruce Arians has always run his offense, wherever he's been. He loves his wide receivers. And, I mean, look at the look at the receivers he has at his disposal right now with Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin. And now, I mean, you add, you add uh, Gronk. I, I just – I don't know. This, this, this team has so many weapons. I don't see the running back being a huge factor, but adding Lenny – and who knows, they might put up some big leads in the first half and then, and then get Fournette the ball. Um, Jake, do you expect Fournette to, to put up better numbers in Tampa than he did on the other side of Florida there in, in Jacksonville? No, I don't really think that he's going to get the amount of volume that he did in Jacksonville. He's an extremely inefficient runner. Uh, they really tried to force it last year. Uh, he actually did pretty, pretty well um, in the receiving game, so – I was kind of surprising, but he's not James White. So uh, you're talking earlier about the personnel groupings uh, with Arians. I'd be curious to see if they go with 12 personnel too, since they have uh, Gronk and OJ Howard. Apparently OJ Howard's having a really good camp. So uh, it should be a fun offense. Yeah, and then Zach, I mean, the team that Fournette leaves and the, and the Jags, I know, Zach, you're not a fan of running backs by committee offenses. Seattle's been that way forever. Uh, New England's been that way forever. Jacksonville seems like they don't really have much of a plan right now at running back. Is is that a is that a running back room you're staying far away from this year? Yeah, I really don't want any part of the Jacksonville Jaguar running back. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a lotto ticket when you're drafting. Somebody will get some value, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of unknown at this point. I would say we can fade the Jags offense as a whole, but I, I don't know, maybe not so fast. Like I, I like their um, their trio of receivers. Um, I, I think, you know, they're going to be in situations I, th- this year. I think the, the over under for them on wins in Vegas is like four and a half, which is like super low. So I, I, I don't see them. I'm definitely picking the under with the Jags this year. I see Doug Marone getting fired like mid season. I just don't <laughs> think this, this offense is going to be very good at all. And, and I, I see a situation where they're down so deep, so early in games that they're just going to start chucking the ball. And Minshew's going to throw, like, he's going to put up a lot of numbers to some receivers that probably aren't that great, but for fantasy purposes are, are going to be solid this year. So I, I would say I don't want any part of the, the Jags offense, but those receivers, I, I wouldn't have a problem taking some late-round flyers on those guys. Um, but uh, moving on to another team. So Leonard Fournette, now part of the Tampa Bay offense. Another team in the NFC South, uh, speaking of running backs, is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, their star running back, Alvin Kamara, who went, I believe, two overall in our league last year, Alvin Kamara is in negotiation talks right now with the Saints, and it was reported by Josina Anderson on Tuesday night that the Saints are totally open to trading Alvin Kamara. Jake, how shocked were you at that news uh, with Kamara? I know you and I had kind of texted about it uh, today, but I just do you, do you see a situation where, where he actually leaves New Orleans, or do you think they, they come to a, a deal? No, I think that that was just a move by the agents. Um, I think that was kind of a political move. 
Uh, this seems to happen all the time. Apparently today there's some reports that he was at practice. He and Sean Payton had talked and kind of smoothed things over. Um, I fully expect him to uh, play with the Saints. I fully expect him to be a huge part of their offense. Um, so, no, I'm really not worried about that at all. Yeah, and, like, holding out really – and it's it's great for fantasy football because holding out really is not a thing anymore with the new collective bargaining agreement that was signed in, like, January or February. So, basically, what happens now is if a player holds out, they really – they put themselves at a disadvantage. So, if you miss a single game the season that you hold out, you don't get credited. It doesn't, it's not credited toward your contract. So, if you miss any time at all for, due to a holdout, you are essentially burning a season. Uh, and it's not accruing. So there's that there's that element, and there's also you're, you're fined fifty thousand dollars a day now. I mean, the Titans are experiencing that with or experienced that with Vic Beasley, who missed like ten straight days and was fined five hundred grand, and he just sort of scoffed at it and, and and was cool with the fine. But basically, the the leverage that the owners now have in the new collective bargaining agreement it prevents a player really from any incentive to want to hold out. So. I don't see Kamara not showing up, uh, but he's in sort of a, he's in sort of an odd predicament. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, another running back in that same division. He of course got the $64 million a year over four years. He signed that I think back in March. Um, so McCaffrey's making big money. McCaffrey and Kamara. I mean, I think McCaffrey's the better player, but they're kind of viewed as like the one, a one B um, Zach, do you think Kamara deserves McCaffrey level money? Is, does he have a legitimate gripe here? No, I, I really don't. I, I mean, we had him last year via that trade and he was, I mean, it, 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 he's got a big name in fantasy, but what he did last year was really not that impressive. Um, in my opinion, now he could be, you know, I heard he had some injuries and stuff like that. So maybe that really was the issue, but, uh, I mean, I don't think he's close to McCaffrey level. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Jake where I, Jake, you know, said that this is really just like this, this is agents, you know, sending out signals to try and, and get their, their client, you know, a deal. And I totally agree with that. But I also think it's I, I don't see the Saints doing this right now. I mean, the, the Saints have been in a Super Bowl window for like 10 straight years. I mean, since they won in 09, they, that window has been open. I don't think they've missed the playoffs in that time. Their window has been open this entire time. And I think this is the year where they're going all in. For a Super Bowl. I mean, they arguably have the best wide receiver in the NFL and Michael Thomas. Drew Brees, as, as his production's dipped and he, you know, he's not what he was, but this team is just, it's, I think it's, it's ready. If they're not in the final four, I think it'll be a disappointment for them. So I, I just don't see the year where they're going all in in this window that's open for them. And it could be Drew Brees' last season. They're not going to get rid of their second best offensive playmaker behind, you know, Michael Thomas. So I just don't see it happening. Um, but another bell cow running back got a deal. This took place, I believe on Tuesday, Joe Mixon, the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals re-signed with the, with the team on a four year, $48 million deal, which puts him right behind Derek Henry and his recent contracts. I, I believe Mixon is now the sixth highest paid running back in the league. Uh, Zach, do you, I mean, Joe Mixon, a top six paid running back do you do you see that does it match his his production so far Joe Mixon yeah I mean getting paid that much like what do you think no uh not yet you know I mean he's the guy can't stay healthy you know so right um you know Derrick Henry rushing title had you know huge season so not in my opinion I don't think Joe Mixon's there yet Jake, the, the Bengals could have the, the best rags to riches or the biggest turnaround this year just based on, on obviously, you know, picking first overall. They get the prize quarterback and Burrow, and they add some really great weapons. There. I mean, they finally, for the first time in years, since I've been playing fantasy football, the Bengals decided to spend some money in free agency. Uh, so, I mean, if, if things break right and they have some, some luck at injury or, or not having injuries, rather, what do you what do you see this Bengals offense with with you know Mixon now having a new deal or are you optimistic about about Cincy's new offense? I wouldn't say I'm optimistic, but compared to last year, uh, yeah, uh, I would say that there is going to be an improvement. You know, we always talk about regression to the mean. I don't know if you ever uh, listened to some super analytical stuff like that with with fantasy, but like um, they were just so far on the losing side of of stuff last year that you would think that, you know, you play more games, you're actually going to start, start moving toward the middle. 
So I think there's going to be a lot more offensive production. I think they invested in uh, a pretty key offensive tackle, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, second year uh, for Zach Taylor, uh, should see some improvement there. Heisman winning quarterback, uh, Joe Mixon, A.J. Green. Um, seems to me like it, it would definitely be a pretty good offense. Yeah, I see this playing out exactly like the 2019 uh, Arizona Cardinals. You know, I think that was, that was Kingsbury's second year. They drafted a rookie quarterback in Kyler, and that team went from the worst team that picked first overall to a pretty fun offense, man, down the stretch where when Kyler sort of picked things up in, in his rookie year. So I think the Bengals of 2020 could look a lot like the 2019 Cardinals. Not saying that's best case scenario, but that would be a pretty great turnaround for, for Taylor in his second year. So uh, that, that's, that's one thing to look for with the Bengals. They, you know, who knows, they might not be the, uh, the bottom dwellers of the AFC North this year. So We'll see there. And then the last bit of news here, this is this came down on Wednesday, but the New England Patriots are expected to cut Mohamed Sanu after, you know, they traded like the day before the trade deadline last season. They gave away a second round pick for Sanu. Um, Jake, were you surprised to see Sanu get cut by the Pats? Or I believe he's, he's it's pending, but how shocked were you to see that? And, and what do you think about this, this Patriots offense without Brady uh, and, and with Cam Newton under center? Yeah, I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't really shocked, but it was just kind of weird that they cut him. Like, you know, he had some continuity there with the Patriots and learning their system, which usually takes a couple years. Uh, why would you cut a receiver who's been there? And that's kind of like they're, they're not really deep at that position. So I didn't really understand it. Uh, I'm not really touching that offense at all. Uh, not even Edelman. Uh, I, I pretty much want no part of it this year. Yeah. All right, uh, Jake, let's let's move on and, and let's discuss your mock draft. So uh, this is, like, I believe, is the third or fourth year in a row you've come on and given a mock. And I think we, we always do a follow-up episode after the draft to kind of uh, compare what the actual draft, like what happened versus what your mock was. Um, but before we do any of that, I have to ask you, we talked about it in the group text. We need to discuss the recent, the following, unfollowing, and then the refollowing of me, of Jordan Pace13 uh, on Twitter. Uh, can you kind of take us behind the curtain and, and let us know the decision-making behind all the different Twitter transactions on, <laughs> on, my, on my page? Well, I, well, first of all, I have no idea what you're talking about because oh, wow. th- all I did was I saw you come up in my suggestions and I thought that I was already following you because you have commented on my Twitter post and you were actually it's a no reply. I should add. Exactly. Uh, there was a whole story behind that. Um, I got that setting changed by the way, <laughs> but uh, I did not know that I had unfollowed you at any point. Wow. So yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Here's the thing Zach, Zach, I know you love the idea, the speculation of one day Jake and I teaming up, but it's like, I don't know how he and I could ever team up when, when clearly there's so much dysfunction in this friendship and, and over – I mean, we, we, there, there wasn't even a mutual following on Twitter. So I don't know how you could think that we would ever I mean, possibly team up. This is all for show, and this is a great, great job that you put this together. I'm not buying any of this, um, but uh, this is a great little buildup that you guys put together via text, so good job. That's fine. I just really wanted to get to the bottom of the following. And I thought maybe it was right. mind games because right. I, I, you know, I have a curated feed on my Twitter for just fantasy football followers. And I know Jake and I kind of follow the same people. So I was like, maybe he's going on there and trying to like, you know, steal some of my like fantasy content and, and get ahead of me. But I don't know who knows. I, I just assumed it was mind games. Are you saying Jake that that was not the case? That was not the case, but I actually did go into some social media uh, today uh, looking at most of the people in the league to try to get some little clues here and there. So uh, I definitely did dive into social media. I don't know too many other people in our league who are on Twitter. Zach, do you, I mean, do you follow most people in our league? And if so, I mean, are, do you think they use Twitter for fantasy football like, like the three of us do? I definitely do not know or care if any of our, <laughs> our league are on Twitter and nor do I look at their followers I, or their, who they're following. I have no idea. And again, Jake, this is coming from the guy who has won like over 40 or 50% of our league. So maybe Zach has the right approach here. Like don't, don't, what is it? What is the phrase? Lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. Like don't, don't spend your time looking at other people's Twitter follows. 
Um, all right. Hey, Jake, let's, let's compare. So I, I wanted to look at your 2019 mock performance just from last year real quick. I know we talked about it on an episode following last year's draft, but how did you feel you did last year uh, with the mock that you gave versus what actually took place? And were, was there anything that was just like a bluebird or something completely abnormal about what took place in the first round last year? No, I don't remember anything being super abnormal. Uh, I did pick uh, Mahomes to Kevin, I think, in the first round. And then he, if I'm not mistaken, uh, let's see what he did last year. Um, yeah, he did go Mahomes. I think I had him picking Kelsey. So he actually went Mahomes and Kelsey um, on Kelsey on the second round. So uh, that was the only thing that really got me. But um, I think everything else pretty much pretty much what his plan. Real quick, so I, I don't know if, if you have this in your notes, Jake, but so the 2019 Our Fantasy Draft in the CMB versus the league standings at the end of the year. So basically the, the draft order versus how everyone finished in our league in the standings. Do you have those comparisons or would you like me to, to take the floor on that? I have no idea. Go ahead. Yeah, so last year the league winners, H&F, Zach and Brian, you all drafted second overall, right? Huh. And I yeah, believe yeah. I can't. Who's who's your your first round pick last year? Do you remember? We took McCaffrey. McCaffrey, McCaffrey right? And then and then there was a trade with with Kamara and everything. Um, but you, it wasn't a it wasn't a player for player. But basically, you all took the the basically the league winner, the best player in football last year, and got him at, at second overall. Uh, and then your your last place team, Rish, uh, finished. You know, he drafted at sixth. So I, I was trying to see if maybe there was a corollary between like you know, where you all, where you draft versus where you finish in the league. And it really is like, there have been league winners in the past who have drafted at seven, who have drafted at the back end at 14. There's no rhyme or reason. Um, you know, I'm looking at some of the teams that finished near the bottom of the standings and they had some pretty uh, optimal, you know, uh, positions in the draft. So I just, I, I preface this mock draft and with our draft that's taking place Friday to say, there's really not a lot of, uh, causation or any like type of uh, there, there's no data that suggests that having a quote unquote great draft position means you're going to really finish well in the standings. Has that been your experience, Jake? Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that it's all about your first two picks. So I read Matthew Berry's manifesto every year. It's great. I always do it for my drafts. He basically threw out some stat that was like, your first two picks score like 40% of your points or something like that. So if you swing and miss with your first two picks, uh, like I did last year, um, you're really just behind the eight ball. So as long as you can nail your first two picks, uh, that's fine. So that really doesn't matter uh, where you are in the stink draft. Jake, and I, I preface all that to say, I mean, this is the guy who I'm drafting ninth overall. And I know you told me over text that I had the worst uh, draft position uh, in the entire draft this year. So I, I think I'm trying to look at the optimism that anything can happen in this league and your standings aren't determined by your draft position, but ninth is a pretty tough spot. Would you say it's the, it's the worst pick? Yeah. Uh, I think especially this year being in the middle, um, you know, as if you're kind of like in the middle toward the front, you can kind of get one of those really elite running backs, but I think you're in kind of a tough spot, but uh, you can definitely pull it out with the, Slam dunk second pick. For sure. So let's go ahead and get started with Jake's annual CMB mock draft. The first overall pick, the Techno Power Runners. Jeff Gaw was the uh, the league winner last year in our Pick'em Challenge. So I, you know, I really thought anybody who who wins the Pick'em Challenge, just assume they're going to pick the first overall selection. But you never know with Jeff and Rob. I thought maybe there was a chance, Zach, that they went with the, with the, uh, the, the snake pick there at 14. But they, they opted for... Uh, first overall. So with the first pick in the 2020 16th edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League draft, the Tecmo Power Runners select Christian McCaffrey, who scored 473 points last year. The next highest running back was Aaron Jones with 316. So Christian McCaffrey was basically two running backs, um, you know, in all of my five leagues that I was in, McCaffrey won championships in all five. And it just, McCaffrey is such a 
Tecmo Power Runners guy anyway. Like I don't. There's no other player at that slot for at number one. Is, would you agree, Zach? Oh yeah, no. It's it's McCaffrey, and I mean, I would worry about them if they didn't take McCaffrey. So it's uh, definitely definitely him. He was he was awesome last year. Jake, any other any other notes on McCaffrey? Is there any chance that he's not able to? Uh, replicate last year's success or is it maybe even a better version of McCaffrey with with hopefully the same starting quarterback all 16 games and and, uh, Teddy Bridgewater I don't know I just don't see how they can uh, you know give him 98 percent of the carries or whatever but you know they're paying him as such so there's really no reason to believe that he won't produce like he did last year with the second overall pick and I feel like they pick pretty high most years big orange bullies Chase Gaughan Carver Moore who do the Big Orange Bullies select at number two overall? Uh, I think you're looking at Saquon Barkley there. Um, pretty chalky pick. Some people say that Saquon is a better running back, a pure, better pure running back than Christian McCaffrey. Um, I would probably agree with that. So, um, you know, he's going to get 350 touches. He's still a huge part of the offense. Uh, just a freak of nature. Uh, so Saquon there. I mean, I, I don't know if it, a fully healthy season of Saquon, who knows, might might be a better even fantasy player than McCaffrey just based on on New York's offense. I mean, I, I think he missed what like five or six games last year. But this this Giants offense could be sneaky good. I mean, they've you know they've invested a little bit more in the offensive line. I think Daniel Jones surprised a lot of people, myself included, with how well he he performed in his rookie year. I mean. Zach, we, we like to poke fun at Daniel Jones in this league, especially because of the, the photo of him at the draft with Jacob Adams that will live in infamy. But um, what do you think of the Giants offense? I mean, if, if uh, would you have any issue with, with taking Barkley if you had the second overall pick? No, um, I think that's, I think that's fine at number two. Um, that's pretty much what everybody's saying, you know, with all the uh, consensus picks, but um, also with Daniel Jones, I mean, he's got to go to IDPs right this year whoever takes them is going to get booed if it's not the right, right piece. So I think that's so cool. He's got that photo, but yeah, yeah. I think uh, Saquon's the, the pick at number two. With big orange bullies, Jake, and I know, I know you, there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of factors that go into your mock draft and you're not just looking at what a consensus would be for a mock draft. Cause we, we all read the same stuff. Like everyone's posting their version of a mock draft and the first five picks are usually kind of the same, but I know Jake, sometimes you, you like to, you know, take flyers on on things that might be out of the ordinary, just based on the habits and the the characteristics of people in our league. Do you think the team Big Orange Bullies, Chase being a big Vols fan, is there any any chance they take Cal- Alvin Kamara there at number two? No, um, especially with the the contract situation, I doubt that they get that hammered away by Friday. Uh, they they could come out and say we're going to make Kamara the highest paid running back. Uh, we're going to give him 20 touches a game. I still say you, you take Saquon. All right, number three overall, Greg Lucius of Greg Co. I to me, Greg is always the wild card every year because I I just there's no rhyme or reason. Greg is I know he's a Vikings fan. But there's not like I don't know. We haven't had a Vikings player in recent years that you could just point to. I mean, Dalvin Cook, yeah, but he's been injured. So I just Greg's always a wild card to me. Who do you have him taking there at number three, Jake? Well, you know, we, we talk about sentiment quite a bit. And I, when I go through these mock drafts, I, I really do consider player connections. I consider uh, have they owned this player in the past. Um, I really do think that, you know, him being a Vikings fan, uh, Dalvin Cook is, you know, a, a shoe-in for just a monster workload. Again, uh, I actually have him taking Dalvin Cook there at three. Wow. Zach, do you think that's a reach to take Cook that early? What are your thoughts on Dalvin Cook? I know you guys have you guys have been burned before on, on Dalvin Cook with the injury factor. <laughs> oh, thanks, Pace. Thanks. But uh, what's what do you think at number three overall? Is that, is that way too early? No, I don't think that's too early. Um, I think that past Christian McCaffrey is just kind of a toss-up, a grab bag of, of who you want. And I don't think that if he took Dalvin Cook right there, it would be that bad. Um, you hope he stays healthy. Before his uh, injury last year, man, that guy was on a tear. I remember uh, Tecmo, they took him kind of late. I can't remember where they drafted last year, but they got him mid to late. And, uh, man, he was awesome before he got hurt. So I think that would be a great pick for Greg at number three. 
Yeah, I mean, one thing to consider with the Vikings is this offense could look totally different than it did a year ago. Uh, their, their offensive coordinator from last year, Kevin Stefanski, of course, now is the, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. I just – I don't know. I, I don't know what Gary Kubiak he, – he has not been running back friendly in the offenses he's coordinated in the past. Uh, you know, he's he's always been a guy – I mean, now especially, too, they, they drafted Justin Jefferson in the first round, uh, who's going to be their number three receiver, according to reports from today. So – I just see this team being a lot of three wide receiver sets. I don't see them feeling like they need to dump off quick game passes to, uh, to, to Dalvin Cook like they've had to in the past. But I don't know. Who knows? It's Kirk Cousins, so you never really know. He's, he's, he's like every Vikings quarterback ever where like Keenum and guys in the past where you, you have a great season or two and you just – it's so up and down with Cousins. Um, did that play a factor at all either, Jake, and just knowing what this offense – just the uncertainty what it could look like this year? Oh man, you know, uh, you know, Zimmer's kind of a, uh, you know, ground and pound guy, uh, very defensive oriented. Uh, those always favor running backs. So, uh, if, I mean, if he's just like the definition of just a power back. Um, if I was there at three, I would highly consider it. Keeping your considerations in mind with this fourth pick. So Isaiah 4031, Jordan Iwan is in. Jordan, I, I mean, I would not put anything past him, but there is not a Philadelphia Eagle worth the fourth overall pick. And if he takes Miles Sanders there, I think we should all just like pack up the food. Everyone take a box of pizza and we all just go home. But I mean, crazy things have happened. Who do you, who do you have Jordan taking there at number four? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to get too cute here. Uh, I think he's going to take Zeke Elliott, um, you know, with McCaffrey, Saquon, Cook and Zeke. Uh, those are guaranteed 300 plus touch guys. Um, if, if Greg's going to take Zeke, then I think, um, I think Jordan will probably take Dalvin. So I think the three, four is kind of interchangeable. Zach, do you, I mean, maybe we're looking too far into this and the, and the personal factors, but is there any, so Jake is, is mocking Zeke Elliott. We know how big of an Eagles fan Jordan is with the Cowboys being the Eagles biggest rival. Do you see Jordan just saying, Hey, I know Zeke's on the board, but I'm, I'm, I just can't in good conscience draft a, a cowboy. Do you see that happening? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but uh, I think Jordan uh, has kind of cooled the Jets just a little bit on his uh, Eagle fandom in the fantasy draft. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll take Miles Sanders there at four. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I said, crazier things have happened, but I think Zeke's a solid pick there. If he's there at four, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't take Zeke Elliott who, you know, Zeke really could – the volume is going to drop in terms of pass catches, in my opinion. I mean, they drafted uh, a receiver, I think, at 14 overall in uh, C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma. They have – you know, their offense, to me, I, they're going to be a really fun offense. Like, I, I – that's a team that I just – I want a part of. I want a piece of that pie in fantasy. Uh, Kellen Moore's offense has been a lot of fun. We've seen in recent years. They finally got uh, old man Jason Witten out of there. And so, I think Jeff Swain's going to eat – I just I don't I like this this Cowboys offense a lot and I think it's going to take away a lot of of uh, targets for Zeke but he, who knows I mean this could still be a ground and pound offense you never really know but um, I like I like Zeke at number four fifth overall Matt Collins and Courtney Norton of West Coast Wombats who traditionally in the past we know both those guys being Vols fans like they are I to me this the sensible pick would be Camara who do you have them taking at fifth overall. Yeah, you and I are in agreement there. I uh, do think there is some connection there. Uh, they also drafted him last year. Uh, one one thing to note is Alan Kamara's had three straight seasons of 81 catches. Yes. Uh, it's just it's just crazy how consistent he has been, uh, even though that he's not necessarily a true workhorse. Um, he's not out there all three downs, but, like, the guy is super efficient. He is a – Huge cog in that offense. Uh, I think Camara at five is is very reasonable. Zach, being the owner of Camara from last season, um, picking him there at number five overall, would you would you take any issue with that? I mean, you see, Jake talked about how consistent he's been. Do you think that that picks up this year, or do you see some type of regression for for number forty one? Um. I, you know, I don't know. When they had him last year, when we made the trade, he was not playing well. And after we got him, he did not play well um, until like the last couple games. Um, so I don't know if that left a bad taste in their mouth or not. 
And I mean, obviously that like the stats don't lie what Jake was saying. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they took Derrick Henry there. Um, if, if somehow Kamara wasn't there or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I could see Henry going at that point. Yeah. I mean, Jake and I talked about that as well. I know they, they've drafted or they've had, they've had a share of Derrick Henry at least the last two years. I'm pretty sure West coast wombats, but I don't know with, with Kamara, I just, I don't, like I said earlier, I just don't see the the saints moving on from Kamara. There's, I, I know there's been trade rumors. I don't think those are legit. I, I just don't see them, them moving on from Kamara. The running back room, behind Kamara, Ty Montgomery, who has really, I mean, has just, it's, it's been a nosedive since he left Green Bay. Latavius Murray, really, I thought was a great backup, a great number two last year. I think you all had him as, a, as the handcuff. Great number two back. Um, I, I just, I don't, they've, they've not made a lot of moves that would take away targets from Kamara. And I know they, they signed uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who is going to be a great number two to Michael Thomas. Um, at receiver but I, I think Kamara just he, I think it's status quo as long as he's he's back in, in that Saints offense so. yeah as long as he's healthy you know right. um, if that really was like I said before if it really was the injuries that were hurting him last year with his production then if they get him at number five that is a, that's a steal if he's back to the uh, old Kamara from you know two years ago all right number six overall Jake this is a team that always has a analytical approach to the draft. I, I believe in talks with Jay and Jacob, it's always sort of a best player on the board, best player available. I don't think they, they really attack a draft. Let's say it's saying we're going to do zero RB or we're going to do uh, back-to-back RB or whatever. I, I think it's really just best player available. So who is that best player available there at number six for IDP still suck for uh, Jay Meyer and, and Jacob Adams? Yeah, I've said this uh, previous years about their approach the first several picks it's typically wide receiver heavy this year it's just not going to be that way I don't think um, I actually see them taking Derrick Henry there uh, one I think there's a strong Titans connection um, I also think too I think Derrick Henry kind of has a lot of trade value uh, within our league I think there's a lot of teams that would be interested in getting him just because of the uh, homer factor uh, if they're looking to maybe get a little little bit of an edge there, um, I would take Henry uh, if he was there at six. Zach, do you think that – do you see Jay and Jacob taking Derrick Henry? I mean, I think they could play both They could play both hands. They could play this, the hand that's the Titans fan in them, and I can confirm everything Jake said. I mean, I've gone to countless Titans games with, with Jay and Jacob. They love Derrick Henry. Um, but I could also see them overthinking it and not wanting to take him there at, at number six because it seems like a too-good-to-be-true kind of thing. And they might be the type of team that says, hey, we're not drafting Titans. It's just, like, not our, in our policy. Yeah. Do you see them taking Henry there at six? Um, no, I kind of – I just think that if Michael Thomas is there, they're going to take him. Mm. So, uh, I mean, if, if somehow everything gets shuffled up, you know, different than what Jake has said, um, maybe it's different, but uh, I, I think that they might take Michael Thomas if he if he lasts till their pick. At number seven overall is a team that I think maybe a few years ago when they first joined the league were kind of feeling things out and maybe kind of getting familiar with with the draft process in our league. I'm not saying they haven't played fantasy before, but we watched like the East Coast Wombats go from a team that was you know vying for the the ice bucket challenge to they were a contender. Man, they they led the league for like ten straight weeks. Uh, they had the the Patriots DST that just like dominated their team last year, and and I know Jake, we came out of the the 2019 draft last year saying they had probably the best draft in our league. I think I think they draft really well. They've got a great strategy. I don't know who's pulling the strings there. It's probably Reed. Who does who do the East Coast Wombats? Who do they select at number seven overall? Uh, I think they uh, they had Michael Thomas anchor their team last year to. Huge success. Um, I believe they finished second in the league. Uh, they had uh, OBJ, Michael Thomas. Uh, they had some other great rod receivers. Uh, once you get to the first uh, six running backs, I think that now you're starting to look at your elite wide receivers. Uh, Thomas had like 180 targets last year, which is just crazy. He literally gets better every, every year. So, um, with continuity being such an important part of this COVID year, um, you know, I think Michael Thomas there at seven is actually a steal. Um, I think in most years, if running backs weren't so 
heavy in, in the first couple of rounds. Thomas would be going earlier. But um, I think he's the best player on the board. Zach, let's say your prediction rings true and that IDPs there at six take Michael Thomas. Do you think that East Coast would take Derrick Henry or is maybe somebody else there at play for them at seven? Yeah, I kind of, you know, I agree definitely with what Jake said. If if Michael Thomas is there, that they, they would take him. But uh, if things get shuffled around and Derrick Henry is there, then, yeah, I could see him taking Derrick Henry. Um, I could also see him, I mean, reaching and taking Lamar Jackson because – I was about to ask, yeah. Uh, I know they really like Lamar, um, mm-hmm. and he may not be there coming back, you know. So if they wanted their shot at getting him, um, that might be their only chance. Yeah, that's a good call. I was I was thinking that too. I was like, surely they wouldn't reach and take him. But I mean, who knows? Like, I, I think what did, did Mahomes go in the second round last year, Jake? Do you remember? I feel like you went in the first. He went in the first round and then uh, Kevin got Kelsey. Wow, that's right. Yeah, back to back. So I mean, like this league, we traditionally don't draft quarterbacks that high. But with the way Mahomes played in his MVP year in 18 and the way that Lamar played in his MVP last year, MVP season last year, I – I wouldn't be surprised if somebody took Lamar in the first round yeah. or, or especially knowing when you're there at seven, when, when it comes back around, you're, there's, there's no guarantee that he's going to be there. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I could see it as well. Yep. All right, Jake, number eight, overall, uh, the team we just mentioned, Kevin White of your worst nightmare. I think Kevin is always a wild card every year. I mean, I mean, just with what you just said, I mean, drafting, Mahomes and Kelsey back-to-back securing that that Kansas City offense I think Kevin is is known for making moves that you know are either head scratchers or they are uh you know just unexpected and who knows sometimes I think they play in his favor sometimes maybe not Kevin is certainly not adverse to taking chances does he take a chance there at number eight or does he go with the safe pick who does Kevin pick there at at number eight no uh safe pick and Kevin uh, I, I wouldn't put those two together. Um, so, so what? So do you guys really think that Lamar Jackson is a better fantasy quarterback than Mahomes? No, I just, I mean, in my opinion, it's a toss-up. You just don't know. I think, I think Lamar, like you're talking about regression to the means and like the whole like law of averages thing. I just don't see Lamar Jackson replicating or playing better than he did last year. I think. You know, Lamar Jackson, I heard some stat the other day, Lamar Jackson's had uh, 310 or 315 design runs. Um, maybe, maybe it wasn't that much. It was something ridiculous. Like it's, it's like 100 or 120 more design runs than any other quarterback in the league, that other quarterback being Josh Allen. I mean, it's just, I don't think a quarterback can run the ball that much. I mean, you got to protect yourself. I think he, he takes a lot of shots, but he's just had the good fortune of, of bouncing back from those. I'm not certainly not saying any like predicting any kind of injury. I just that a lot of his production last year, as we saw, was was his his rushing numbers, and I just it's just such a hard thing to replicate. You know, Vic had a lot of great years. I don't remember them being consecutive like that. Um, I think Lamar is is the is a better passer of the football, makes better reads than Vic did. Um, he's just such an explosive player. I just it's just I think they're like Mahomes is so much easier to predict success for. So I, I, I would stay I would say Mahomes is is definitely it's it's not one A one B. I think Mahomes is, is the number one quarterback. Yeah, and and that's that's where I was going with that. Um I really do think that he's probably gonna invest in Mahomes again. Um if I'm looking at the players that are right in that spot, you got uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Devontae Adams. I really don't think that he's interested in those guys. I uh, could be wrong. But Mahomes is not going to be there, uh, I don't think, when it comes around to his pick in the second round. So mm-hmm. I think he goes with Mahomes again. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, like he he makes a lot of unexpected moves, and so I wouldn't be surprised if if that happened. So with that in mind, um, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, who is who am I taking? Pace in your face at number nine overall. What you said is is the worst draft slot in the draft. <laughs> who who do I take there at number nine? Do you remember what you texted uh, me and Zach when Damian Williams opted out? Uh, I think, I mean, it's the player you just mentioned, uh, Clyde Edward Tillaire. I don't remember exactly what I said. I'm sure you have the receipt, though. Yeah, you said, uh, I'll be taking Clyde Edward Tillaire with the first pick. Wow. And that was, I think that was before we knew what the draft order was going to be. Yeah, right. 
I don't know. I feel like you had a lot of success last year with uh, Eckler, you know, having these PPR type running backs. Um, he's in a dynamic offense. Uh, he's clearly the guy. Um, if I was at nine uh, I, and I'm staring right at CEH, um, I'm taking him. So I think you're going to go with him if, if he's there. Zach, what do you think about, about the options that are there at number nine of taking a rookie running back that, you know, a lot of upside, who knows, but it's just, there's a lot of uncertainty, especially this year, like rookies this year are going to have a really hard time just based on the way that like OTAs went and everything being virtual up until like three or four weeks ago. Uh, do, you, do you see me taking the rookie there? Is that the best move? Yeah. I mean, that's uh man, that's, it's just a little risky, but I mean, you know, like he's going to be the the workhorse. Um, but it just dawned on me that Kevin's actually going to take him before you, and so <laughs> then you're going to take Eckler. That's what's going to happen because that just seems yeah. like the pick for Kevin. I don't want to play my hand, but I really was feeling discouraged earlier this week. I was like, you know, nine. I was kind of talking myself into how bad the pick was. I was like, nine's a horrible slot. The guys I want are going to be gone, and the guys that I would want on the back end are not going to be there. So I, I'm always going to be in a position at number nine to like reach for somebody just because no, I know that they're not going to be there on the on, in the second round. But I don't. I'm feeling a little bit more encouraged knowing that there is a chance Edward Tiller is there, and I, the the, yeah. the upside or the backup option in Eckler, I love that too. I, I you know I had him last year. Melvin Gordon's finally out of that offense. They like Justin Jackson. Uh, in LA, but I, he's not really a spell. Like it's, it's, it's really Eckler is the workhorse and I don't know what they're, what's going to happen at quarterback for the chargers. I, I could see Tyrod getting benched after like five or six weeks, but it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is in LA. Like Eckler, he's a perfect running back for a guy like Tyrod Taylor, and especially for a rookie like Justin Herbert, who if he came in the offense and, and struggled early, that's the perfect option is to like dump the ball to a guy like Eckler. So I, I like my chances there at, at nine. What yeah. It's, yeah. It's going to be uh, Kevin taking Clyde and then uh, you're getting <laughs> Eckler hundred percent. And and also it just hit me. Kevin's done with Mahomes. Um, Did he say that? No, but I, I just, I can sense it. Uh, I might text Kevin to confirm this. He's moved on to Deshaun. Deshaun Watson's his guy this year. He's done with Mahomes. He's going Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then somewhere down the road, he's going to get Deshaun. I, I just feel like, and here's here's what my thinking is, I think Kevin is going to listen to this episode on his drive from Nashville to the draft in Cookville, and I, I truly believe, and that's what everyone should do. Everyone should listen to this episode on their commute to the draft. Kevin's going to hear that. You say that he's taking Edwards-Hilaire, and he's going he's going to do the opposite. He's going to take Mahomes. Um, because Kevin in the past has been done with Aaron Rodgers after one bad year. He's been done with Drew Brees after one bad year. And what, what has I gotten him? An ice bucket challenge. <laughs> take it from me, Kevin. Stick to your guns. Take, take your boy Mahomes. All right. <laughs> Number 10 overall, the next team here. And before the Jake rumors, this was the team that I was always rumored to team up with, with Matt Suggs. And I held my ground and Matt teamed up with John Nichols. So um, who at 10 overall – who do uh, strong side, Matt and John, who do they select there at 10? Yeah, so uh, I think they're going to take a running back. Uh, you, so you're really looking at Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, those guys. Um, if you really look at how Kenyon Drake finished last year, um, I don't know what the sentiment is with the league, but I absolutely love him and the spot that he's in. And uh, there might be some sentimental connection there uh, since he did go to Bama. But if you look at, like, what he did in the second half uh, of last year, right when he went to the Cardinals, um, like the last three games he scored seven touchdowns on 58 touches. Uh, that offense is actually very surprisingly run heavy. Uh, you know, they, they do a lot of uh, three wide outsets, so it really opens up a lot of running lanes. Um, if I'm strong side there, uh, I think Kenyon Drake's a great pick. Yeah, I, I like the Kenyon Drake pick. And I, you mentioned about their, their offense and their, their personnel this year. Just based on what happened last year, I think there's a lot of, you know, with Hopkins joining. I, Hopkins is a worse fantasy player having moved to Arizona, in my opinion. Like, I just don't – and I know Evan Silva's real big on this about uh, Hopkins just fading on him this year. Like, it, it, it's not – 
don't expect the Houston DeAndre Hopkins that we're used to. Uh, they're going to just spread the ball around the guys like Andy Isabella and obviously Fitzmagic and Christian Kirk. I don't, I don't see this being a one trick pony offense. So yes, it could open up lanes for Kenyon Drake, but I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not high on Kenyon Drake this year. I think it would be a reach for them to take Drake there at 10. Personally, I think they could get Kenyon Drake on the, on the back and coming back around. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, I don't know about Drake there. Um, I could see them doing like uh, maybe Nick Chubb or something like that. Yeah. Chubb. Nick Chubb. What? Nick Chubb? Yeah. Oh, goodness. So you, you rank you rank Kenyon Drake higher than Nick Chubb? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chubb doesn't catch the ball. Because of the split with, with uh, Kareem Hunt? Yeah, he's Hunt? got Kareem Hunt there. I mean, yeah. I ain't touching that. Well, I don't know, man. Your boy Chase Edmonds, he, they, they split an offense in Arizona. <laughs> uh, Is it a sore subject? It's a workhorse. <laughs> All right. Hey, next team here. Let's, 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 uh, let's move along. So I, I just I, – every time I see this name, by the way, I, we have some great team names in our league. The Allman Brothers, man, it's an all-timer. Uh, so the Allman Brothers there at number 11, James Lane and Blake Keelan. Again, like we talk about some of these unexpected – wild card drafters in our league that we've talked about already. The Allman brothers are the biggest wild card team in the league. I think we can safely say that, right? 100%. So who knows who they take there at, at 11, but Jake has an idea. Jake, who are the Allman brothers taking there at number 11? So I have three names that I've crossed out. I went <laughs> Devontae Adams and then I went uh, Miles Sanders and uh, then I, I I did somebody else uh, try? Yeah, Travis Kelsey, uh, kind of the tight end whisper angle, and then I finally settled on Miles Sanders. Uh, so they had Miles Sanders last year. He's a confirmed three down back. Uh, he was a huge part of their offense in the second half of last season. Uh, I, I've seen several projections that have him around sixteen hundred yards. So if you're picking right there at eleven, I think Miles Sanders is an extremely safe pick. So you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned the tight end thing. A few things to note with the Allman brothers. I would like to do some research and see, we always call James the tight end whisperer, but I don't, I mean, has that been true for a number of years, Zach? Do you know, have we followed up on that? Has it been a while since they've had any luck at tight end? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure on the, this past year, I can't really remember, but uh, I did talk to James and he's just really hoping that Blake actually shows up this year uh, <laughs> to help him. I don't know if you remember that <laughs> I forgot that uh, Blake was not there last year. Oh, that's right. Uh, maybe he was there at the beginning or something, then he just left. and I left. he up. showed up late. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, James is really hopeful that Blake shows up. That's all I know. <laughs> well, okay, so for, for the Allman brothers, I'll just say I, I – the tight end thing, I would not be surprised if they took Kelsey there. I do know – I remember now – I don't know if it was on the podcast if James made this proclamation or if he said it over the Facebook group, but they are not trading in 2020. Do you remember them saying that? <laughs> That's Zach? right. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember. So this team that they have, it's locked in, it's locked and loaded. Like whoever they draft and I like, obviously sprinkling in some fab. I like, gonna, I like the Kelsey pick. Yeah, I do too. I, this team though, I just thought of this. If they're not trading, like they, they already said they're not trading in 2020. If they stick to their word and they don't trade, they have got to get strategic with fab because they are the team the last two years of fab it's been week 14 and they have a hundred dollars left. You know, it's like, they've got to start spending some money earlier in the year. I'm not going to tell them how to manage their team, but uh, you know, if they're, if you're not going to trade, you gotta, you gotta play the waiver game. So um, Miles Sanders to the Almond brothers, Jake at number 12, who are you picking for yourself for Kemp's crew in the first round? Well, I'm actually going to change this up on the fly uh, because of some stuff that Zach said about Joe Mixon. Um, I had actually pegged H&F to take Joe Mixon. So I'm actually going to take Joe Mixon. What, I mean, what, I don't remember. What did Zach say that, that made I, you? Yeah, I have no idea. What's, what was the mind game? Because we know that there is, there is a Kempe mind like, game being yeah, played. He wasn't worth, uh, he wasn't there yet, I think was his exact verbiage. He wasn't there yet when it comes to the contract and the money when he signed so, that four-year you heard that, and you you hear that, and you what you hear is Zach is definitely drafting Joe Mixon, so I need to leapfrog him. No, I, it's just like uh, I felt like he's a little down on him because I had him taking him. So, uh, 
you know, they're actually the more that I look into Joe Mixon, uh, I really like uh, that pick. I, I actually told you I would probably never draft him because of his history. Right. But uh, I would actually probably take Joe Mixon there. Zach, I mean, what do you what do you think about these mind games? Not really mind games, but just the the. It's almost like like Jake's faking himself out with all this. Do you take any stock in what he said about Joe Mixon? I mean, this is the guy that wears the tin full cap, right? That we're talking about. So it. I don't. I'm not even quite sure. I followed what just happened. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the next team in line, I, I totally did not realize until we got to the very end of this mock that H&F and Kemp's crew are back-to-back right beside each other. Wow, so I did not realize this either. This is going to be a really fun draft night now with these back-to-back picks. Um, so, and I want you guys to sit on opposite sides of the room. Just, I think that'll be better for everyone so we can hear the size uh, when, when the player, you know, the team in front drafts the other player. So, Jake, who do you have H&F, Brian and Zach drafting there um, with the penultimate pick? Uh, I've been I've been taking Tyreek Hill. If you look at his yards per outrun over the last four years, uh, he's ranked top six, which is actually the biggest tie to fantasy production. Um, once again, with the continuity theme, uh, you know, just in general, I'm not going to draft rookie receivers. I'm not going to draft receivers who go on new teams because of the uh, reduced practices. There's no uh, preseason games. So you look at that connection that he has uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think if you're 13 there, you take Tyree. Zach, what do you what do you make of the Tyree Kill pick? I don't believe H and F you've ever rostered Tyree Kill. This would be a new add to uh, to the team, right? Yeah, uh, basically based on what Jake uh, said earlier in the night, um, I've kind of switched things up uh, on the fly. Uh, <laughs> wasn't really planning on doing this, but uh, after he made some comments about Nick Chubb, we're going to take Nick Chubb there. Love it. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I mean, at 13, I have no idea. I mean, for all of us past, like, pick seven, you know, it's just going to be whoever's there. And uh, especially back there where Jake and uh, and us, where we'll be, it's just kind of you get what you get and uh, just roll with it. Unlike any year in the past, it sounds – I mean, based on Jake's mock draft, we could potentially have a scenario where – there's only one wide receiver, Michael Thomas, drafted in the entire first round, which is just bizarre to me. I don't know what's going on with the stock of receivers this year. With the final pick of the CMB Fantasy Football League draft in 2020, does Dragon Energy, Ryan Risher, take a receiver, or does he continue the trend on running backs? Jake, what's the pick? Uh, I think he goes with a receiver and picks Devontae Adams. So – the Packers did not address their dire need to get a solid wide receiver to opposite of him. So there's going to be no competition for targets there. As long as he stays healthy, it's going to be, you know, 150 to 180 targets. Um, if I'm very last in the first round and I get a guy who's going to have 150 plus targets, um, I'm taking him. All right. Hey, let's do real quick. So that is the, that is the 2020 mock draft. And in, in basically in one sentence on these next, let's do a rapid fire round, Jacob, some quick draft questions uh, and just like one to two sentence replies. So Jake, what is the, it doesn't have to be just in our league specifically, but this year, what is the biggest don't be that guy move at a fantasy draft? Don't be that guy who drafts a kicker. Ever. Like at all? Just don't even draft a kicker. Just don't draft a kicker. But you hey. need to roster one before week one. I don't care. You just don't draft one. Don't be that guy who keeps asking to look at the players on the board. Yep. Love it. All right. And then the next one here, Jake, how many Tennessee Titans will be drafted in the first five rounds in our league that is based in Middle Tennessee? We have a lot of Titans homers. How many Titans will be drafted in the first five rounds? Two. And those two being? A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. I see them go. I, I think – I don't know, man. I could see another – I could see somebody taking, like, I don't know, maybe not Tannehill, but I, I don't know. I just – this league, no. man, with so many Titans fans, somebody, somebody's bound to take a reach on Johnny Smith or Tannehill. I just – I can see a third one. Um, or Corey Davis, forgot to mention him. 
All right, and then what is your lock pick? No matter what happens, this player is going to this team or this team is drafting this player. No matter what happens, it's your lock pick. Calais Campbell. <laughs> to Jordan. I. All right, yep, love it. That's the familiarity pick of like, hey, we're in round 17. I have no clue who's on the board. Uh, all right, Calais Campbell. Love it. All right, and then the last one here. And Zach, I want you to chime in on this after Jake gives his answer. Okay. But Jake, what is Jake's favorite steal that will eventually be stolen by either H&F or Pace in your face? And it's, it's the moment where you give the big sigh. Who's going to be that player? Jake? Jake, you there? Oh, I thought that was the Zach. <laughs> oh, I thought you were playing games and, like, you didn't want to say. We got less than a minute. You want me to stop and restart? I say we just end this podcast. It sounds like Jake is not wanting to tip his hand. <laughs> that sounds good. All yeah, right. sounds good. Guys, hey, really appreciate the time. We're up We're up at the uh, – almost like we're radio. We're up at the hour. No, we're yeah. – we're, um, let's, let's cut this one now. But, guys, really appreciate the time again. Really looking forward to the draft, seeing everyone on Friday night. And we'll do a follow-up episode with Jake to go over his mock. So, appreciate you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. See you Friday. Thanks.